Thank you for being in church once again this morning. Good to be in God's house. Come back and be with us tonight if you can. Welcome to our visitors. Thank you for being with us this morning. And those that maybe aren't always able to attend, thank you for uh, coming and being with us. And we look forward to what the Lord's wanting to do this morning. Turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 15. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. When you find your place, if you would stand with me, honor and reverence of the Word of God. We'll read just a few verses as we look into this scripture this morning. Luke chapter number 15. Beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Then draw near unto, unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth to get together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just, per, just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman having ten pieces, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house? And seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. We pray, Lord, that your mighty hand would be on us this morning, that your spirit would move. Give us guidance. Give us direction. Lord, we thank you for uh, what we're going to do today, Lord, and, and we pray, God, that it would lift you up and we would worship you in spirit and truth. Lord, in this upcoming week in Bible school, we pray specifically for these little children that would come. Lord, and if there's a heart that walks through these doors today or throughout this upcoming week or any time for that matter, Lord, that has not accepted you as their Savior, I pray that you would draw them through convicting power, Lord, as you have done. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. As I was reading through Luke chapter 15, I came to the parable where Jesus is talking about the lost sheep, and I always think about the lost sheep and spend a lot of time there. But as I continued on and looked into verse number 8, I saw the parable of the lost coin. And you know what? I never really dug that deep into that. And uh, for me, uh, being a banker in my previous career, uh, losing a coin is not uh, acceptable in every single case, uh, you know, especially if it happens consistently or happens a lot. And uh, I got to thinking about my days in banking. And uh, when you lose a coin, when you lose some money, whether, and it's all digital now, don't let me fool you. Uh, sometimes you, uh, we, you drop money behind the, the vault in the back, but that doesn't happen a lot. But uh, when you come up at the end of the day and your, your, your drawer is out of balance and you've lost some money, uh, it's very important that you diligently seek after that which is lost. 
And uh, so it was always my responsibility to go find, uh, help somebody find their lost money. And it's an important thing when you lose something. And I'm a person that obsesses over things. I like to know uh, where things are at. And, and my wife can tell you stories, I'm sure. But if, if I can't find something, it drives me crazy. And it's been 1 o'clock in the morning. I wake up thinking about something. And I'm leaned over beside the bed. And Shelby's laying there asleep. And she wakes up, and I, and I look at her, and she looks at me like I'm about to stab her or something and kill her in her sleep. I'm like, don't mind me. I'm just looking for this. Well, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm still looking. It drives me crazy if I can't find something that I have lost. And I have a, there's a method to my madness. You go to my house. I, I don't have anything organized in any specific way, but I know where it is. I can find it. And when I can't find it, that's what drives me crazy. Scotty, Scotty knows what I'm talking about. Drives me crazy. And so this parable of the lost coin, Jesus is telling about this woman, either, that, either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And so what Jesus is talking about here is he's talking about uh, us lost sinners before we came to the knowledge of Christ. He's talking about being lost and undone without Jesus, without him, without his salvation. And this woman that we're, we're reading about and that we're hearing about, this woman, she is, in essence, kind of what we would think of, what we would consider, think of the Holy Spirit when you think about this woman. Diligently seeking and looking after lost souls. As, as we heard this morning, Brother Chad shared about how that, that God speaks to man. Every man upon the earth, I believe, has an opportunity and has a, has a chance to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God, even in the deepest, darkest jungles of the world, God would still go and offer, uh, offer uh, a, a chance to meet and, and fellowship with God uh, with, through Jesus Christ our Savior to anyone. And so that's the kind of God we serve. And so uh, this woman, she's lost something. Now, this was very valuable for her to lose uh, even one piece of the ten pieces of silver because in this day, a Jewish girl, when she was married, uh, she would get and make a headband that she would wear of ten pieces, uh, of ten pieces of silver. And this ten pieces of silver of the headband, think about that, ladies, like your engagement ring. You've got precious stones in your engagement ring. And, and some are big, some are small, some are whatever. They may be fake. I don't know. I ain't none of my business. But the reality is there's a precious stone that represents your relationship and your commitment. That's the love bestowed upon you by your husband given to you. That signifies your love and your, your, your relationship with him. And so that's what losing one piece of that headband of silver would be the equivalent to you losing the stone, the main stone out of your ring. It was unacceptable. It was unimaginable. It was, it was terrible. I heard a story recently. I, I saw it. Uh, some people we knew out in Fairview that uh, 20 or 25 years ago when uh, she had gotten married to her husband, uh, she lost her wedding band or her engagement ring and lost it at, at their house, and she sought diligently, and she looked all over the place, and she looked everywhere to try to find her engagement ring. What am I going to do? How, how am I going to explain this? And, and 20 to 25 years ago, she lost this engagement ring, racked her brain and looked everywhere and did everything she could to try to find it. And over the years, uh, you imagine and think about that, she kept her husband, he forgave her, but I mean, it was a big deal to lose the engagement ring. Now, in my case, I'm the one that's lost my engagement ring. It wasn't Shelby, so uh, I'm, the, I'm the bad one that's done that. 
But, but after 25, 20, 25 years, her daughter pulled up in the driveway, got out of the car, and saw that engagement ring laying in the driveway. After all that time, and she picked it up and she carried it in and she gave it to her mother and she was rejoicing and she was happy and she was excited. And they were telling everybody. They, I heard on Facebook. They was telling everybody. We found this engagement ring. How exciting that that is. And I believe that paints to us a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ through His Holy Spirit. How he, we are lost and we are undone by nature because of sin and by His love and by His grace and by His mercy through His Holy Spirit. He seeks us out diligently looking for us, caring for us, seeking us out. And when he finds us, he rejoices and heaven rejoices. And when someone is saved, we ought to tell somebody about it. That's what we find in this scripture here. I told Shelby yesterday, this is a simple message, but it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's what it's all about. I pray in this week, there's some lost coins that roll through the door. This Bible school. I'm praying that there's some children that come in that are lost coins. Hey, they might be 7, 8, 9, 10 years old. They had not been lost that long. Maybe they're coming to that age of accountability where they're beginning to realize that they need to be saved. And you realize if we allow the Holy Spirit of God to dwell within us when we're teaching them, when we're serving them, when we're doing crafts with them, whether you open the door for them or you clean up after it's done, if the Spirit of God dwells here, these lost coins can be found. So first, this was a valuable thing for her to lose. Even though it was just one, that's the kind of God we serve. Even though it was just one of ten pieces of silver, it meant enough to her. It was valuable enough to her. What does the Bible say? That she sought diligently after it. She looked for it diligently. It's valuable. It's valuable. And the next thing, I was thinking about this coin, and in this day, in this time, and you have, what you have to understand about these coins is that they would mark... On, on them, they would bear the mark of the ruler of the day. They'd bear Caesar's mark, whatever the ruler was. Now our money, we've got marks on our money. Everybody wants Franklin's, but I end up with Washington's most of the time. Or, or Lincoln's, the little Lincoln's, if you know what I'm talking about. But this, this coin would have bore the mark of the ruler of the day. Let me tell you something about the lost coins in this world. Is you and I, before we ever accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, those that will walk in this door, maybe one sitting in here tonight that has never met the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you bear the mark of your Creator. We're created in the image of God. We bear His very mark. We bear, bear, we're, His, we're His handiwork. He created us, but we're still lost because of sin nature. I might bear the mark of God. Those that have in years past died and gone on to hell, they bore the mark of God because they were uh, created in his own image. But until you're found, until you're saved, you have no relationship to God just because you bear his mark. That was her reality is that she, she knew the mark of that coin. She knew what that coin looked like. She knew what it felt like in her hand and she diligently sought after it because she wanted to gain communion with it. Get it back, put it back in the headband, put it back where it belonged. And that's God's diligent search for us, lost Christian or lost person, uh, saved Christian before you were saved. That's God's diligent search for you is that we bear his mark and we're lost somewhere and he seeks after us and he desires to put us back where we belong, to put us back in fellowship with the others that, have already, that are already together. His desire is that he brings us together back into the headband or back into the flock as we see in the earlier parable. We bear the mark of God but we still must be found and forgiven. 
As I've told you, this, this year is 20 years since I accepted Christ as my Savior. And just like that lost coin, I was just nowhere to be found. I like to use the term uh, about people or about myself before I was saved. Lost as a ball in high grass. You ever heard that? That was me, folks. Not easy to find. Nowhere to be found. And that's what we're going to look at, look at right now is the search. The next part of verse 8, or let's, let's look at verse 8 again. If she lose one piece, what does it say? Doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? The search of this woman first is marked by she's distraught because of the lost peace. Her, her emotional state is marked by the lost peace. And, and, and you, our God and Savior, he was distraught before he sought you out. You know why? Because of sin we're separated, but he was distraught because we were separated. He cares that much for you. He cares that much for me that it pains him and it hurts him that he has separated from his children. So she was distraught because of the lost peace. But next, what does it say? She lights a candle is what it tells us. Does she, Jesus says, does she not, does, doth not light a candle? She lights a candle to light the way for her search. And so in this day, these homes in this time, they would have been very dark. They didn't have a lot of windows. They didn't have uh, a lot of access to light. They were just uh, made out of mud and, and, and spit and straw. And they didn't put, put all the windows we put up today. It didn't have light that would shine through like we do in this building. So she's searching in a dark place. And how do you, uh, how do you deal with searching in a dark place? You light a light. You light something on fire. That light fills that room. And what does that do? That assists in the search. This world we live in today, there's a lot of lost coins out in this world. Full of them. And this world is dark. There's not a lot, lot of windows. There's not a lot of natural light in this world. So God, through, the, through his great power, when Jesus ascended to heaven, he left with us his Holy Spirit that illuminates and lights up the path to finding the lost coins. That's the key this week, folks. I want to see someone saved this week. I want to see someone that might need to be saved, saved this morning. But the reality and the key is that the let, we let our light so shine before men that I let the light shine on me. That's the only way that the light is going to come to the lost coin in this world. Is what, If I allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate through me to seek and to save that which is lost. It's my choice. I can let it be a dark world and I've got the light. I've got access to the light right here. She could have left the candle sitting to the side and went searching just by feeling. There's a lot of people doing that. I'm going to leave the candle sitting over there on the table and I'll just feel around. I know what it feels like. There's a lot of emotion is what I'm saying. We've got access to the Spirit of God. And, and the Bible tells us, Jesus is telling this parable, she lights a candle to seek out and search after that lost coin. The Holy Spirit of God illuminating the room filling up this dark world that's how lost coins are found that's people like like chad said people out in the jungles where uh where they don't have access to the gospel or they they believe in some kind of pagan religion i can't explain it but god speaks to them you know what he lights the path he lights the way he lights the room our world has so been so dis disassociated with the fellowship of the spirit of god the room gets lit up and it's like you ever heard anybody stay in a, I don't think, Motel 6, Motel 8, Motel 9, something like that? Off-brand something, I don't know. 
staying. My brother was talking about going, and they were in Atlanta, and they stayed on, I think it was Super 6 or something. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. He's like, they flipped the light on. You could see the, the cockroaches crawling away. He said, Josh, there was blood on the lampshade. It was a crazy place. Hey, you light up this world, you ain't going to like what you, what you see. There's going to be stuff crawling away that will mess you up and scare you. But there is a lost coin out there somewhere. What does it next say? She sweeps the floor. The Holy Spirit of God not only illuminates the room and seeks out the lost coin in the room, but what does he do? He sweeps the floor. He gets the junk out of the way. And praise God, I might have been a seven-year-old boy the, the day that I got saved, but I was in the back seat of my mama's car on the way home. I can take you to the very place over off of Monticello Road across Alexander Bridge. The moment that I knew that if I died, I would die and go to hell. And it wasn't because of some feeling inside. I need a set of lungs this morning. It wasn't because of, of a feeling inside. It wasn't because of some emotion. It wasn't because of mama. It wasn't because of daddy. It wasn't because of anything thing other than the illumination and the light of the Spirit of God in my life and the fact that God came in and even as a seven-year-old boy, he brought the broom out and he swept the straw out of the way. Whew. He swept it out of the way. He walked right in and he got the junk out of the way. You see, there's a lot of people in the world, they think that they've been found, but there ain't been no sweeping done. Amen? There's a lot of conversion going on in churches and revivals and all this and that and the other. But there's no real true conversion because ain't nobody getting nothing sweeped off of them. There ain't been no light shine on them. They're still in darkness. Hey, when you know, you know. When you see the, the, the things that grip you and hold on to you, the sin that you can't let go of because it has got you, I mean, as tight as ever. When you see those things happen and you realize that some spiritual thing you can't explain sweeps them out of your life you don't desire things of this world anymore like you used to you're still tempted by them but you've got power through the spirit of God to fight them you've got light you see the cockroaches crawling around you the people that were your friends the people that were harboring you the people that were covering you up with the straw of this world covering you up with the dirt of this world pushing you into the corner in this world and you realize that that light drives them away and you realize that that broom cleans up your life and you don't desire things like you used to you don't want things like you used to you're not chasing after things like you used to that's how you know that there is someone searching for you that's greater than anything in this world there's a lot of things that want to cover you up there's a lot of things that want to put you in a corner. There's a lot of things that want to hide you under the, under the cabinet. There's a lot of things that want to push you out of the way. Lisa, Lisa's daddy, we still joke about him because he comes to the house, he drops a piece of ice in the floor. He'd joke, but he would do it and he'd kick it under the refrigerator. There's a lot of people, that's how they want to deal with you in your life. Nothing against Max. I love him. He's a good godly man. But I'm telling you, if he's at your house and there's a piece of ice on the floor, he's going to kick it under your refrigerator. There's a lot of people, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they find you they want to push you deeper and farther away from the one that's seeking after you, amen? They want to get you away. They want to kick you under the refrigerator. There ain't nothing. Shelby, Shelby lost her uh, earring on the porch yesterday. She looked at me and she said, I got one. Dropped the other one through the crack of the porch. I said, Shelby, I, I said, you can crawl under there and get it. <laughs> that porch, I ain't getting under there. I said, there's two dead presidents Two dead presidents, a family of Jehovah's Witness, and 1,200 mosquitoes under that porch. I ain't getting out of there. I ain't doing it. 
That's where the dogs live, man. I ain't getting under there. <laughs> Scary. But you know what? We serve a Savior that no matter what, where you end up, you may end up under the porch. They may pour concrete over your body, never to be found again. They might bury you out back. You might be under the outhouse out back in the yard. Never to be found. They ain't a metal detector that can find you. They ain't, they ain't, a, they ain't a piece of uh, construction equipment can dig you up. They ain't nothing in this world. Indiana Jones couldn't find you. But Jesus Christ and the illumination, his Holy Spirit, in this dark and dreary world, and this, the diligent search, the diligent search through that Holy Spirit, the diligent search with that broom just sweeping the junk out of your life, he'll dig you up, he'll find you, he'll search you out, he'll look for you. We, we, it took me and my daddy two hours to dig about three feet post hole diggers the other day. I mean, it was the hardest ground you ever seen in your life. And I was telling Jeremy the other day, my dad, he still, he still wants to do it old school. About two hours into this, he's like, I'm going to go get the track hoe. I'm like, praise the Lord. <laughs> Things been sitting up there this whole time. Go get it. We got that first hole done. Man, he come down there with that thing. Dwayne Harden. About 15 minutes, son, there's another hole ready to go. 97 and a half degrees. I mean, they wasn't even, they wasn't nothing out. The mosquitoes wasn't even out. He dug that thing out in 15 minutes. I said, Dad, I said, you're getting old. He said, why do you say that? I said, because a few years ago, we'd have never brought that track hoe down here, man. I'd just done the, the hard work all day till I died. He said, a few years ago, we didn't have a track hoe. He brought that thing in there. I'm telling you, he just dug it up. That's how God works in our life. That's simple stuff. You all know I'm a redneck. If you don't know, you do know now. God in his power and his might, man, he can dig stuff up. He will find you no matter how deep you've been buried by the things of this world. They put a gravestone over you because they just, that, they're done. They're terrible. They're awful. They ain't, no, they ain't ever going to change. They ain't ever going to turn around. We start sharing stories in here, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll find some stories. I see some encouraging things on Facebook about victory God's given people over addictions and difficulties and hardships, and I appreciate that. But you know who does it? That's God. He comes in with his power, and man, he can do work in minutes that we can strive our whole life to do we'll never achieve. His spirit moves in your life, and then you realize he's found you. He sought you out diligently. He loves you. What does he do? What does he do? Read verse number 9 with me. When she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Let me tell you something. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it for granted when someone comes to repentance in Jesus Christ. I've got a few phone calls recently. Specifically, I think of Brother Will, little Miss Callie. Sean called me. He said, I got somebody I want you to talk to. I didn't know what was going to happen. I ended up on the phone with Callie. She said, Pastor Josh, I got saved. I got saved. I got on the phone with Will, and I'm telling you, I was about four. I about had to pull over. Not because of some emotion stirred by 
me getting, feeling like I'd accomplished something or Jeremy accomplished something or Chad accomplished something, but because I knew the Spirit of God Amen. came down and sought someone out, Amen. dealt with their soul, convicted them of sin, brought them in to fellowship in the family of God. Man, and when you know, when you know. When it's real, it's real. When it's genuine, it's genuine. And you see the joy on someone's face. A lost coin found by the one that sought him out, lit the candle, swept the floor, diligently sought after them. You know, I keep going back to that lost engagement ring. Can you imagine the joy? I mean, can you imagine? And how unlikely of circumstances just to step out of the car and, my goodness, there it lays. That's the type of thing shows me there's a God. It gets, Brother Will, when we was talking about him, he'd come to church and there'd be a message about conviction. He'd talk to Jeremy or Chad. They'd talk about conviction, talk about the need for salvation, talk about the Spirit drawing somebody. And he told me on the phone, he said, I got to the point where I realized it can't be coincidence. It can't be coincidence. God never stumbled up on a lost coin. God never was surprised to find a lost sinner in need of salvation. God ne never, never took his breath. But what did he do? He goes and he celebrates and he rejoices when he finds a lost coin. Heaven rejoices. And it's not even, well, Sean, Sheena, that little girl accepts Christ. That's not even a taste of what heaven sounds like when that little girl accepts Jesus. Can you imagine how excited we can get, how excited we are, how excited I'm praying one day for my children to be saved. It encourages me to see that because I have that desire and prayer for my children now. But all the rejoicing, all the shouting, can you imagine what it sounds like in heaven? Over, over a little lost coin. Under the refrigerator. Brought out. Swept off. It fell through. Hey, I fell through the crack of the porch, I'm telling you. 100%. But the September 11th, 2003, there was rejoicing in heaven over a little boy. I hadn't had time to sin and live in the world. I didn't have a laundry list of things I'd done wrong. I feel unworthy, realizing all that I have done wrong since then. But there was rejoicing in heaven. There's a lost coin. There's a diligent search. And there's rejoicing. There's rejoicing when he finds and he saves a lost coin. We're going to wrap up.